0: Girlfriends, episode number 148 Cleaning Closets and Finding Your Style with Megan Ashley. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living today we're talking about decluttering, clearing closets, and finding your own style. We have a special guest with us this week. Can't wait to share it with you. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends podcast. You know, I love that we're able to connect this way every week. Here in New Hampshire, it is freezing cold and I'm sitting out in my car so that I don't disturb my sleeping family with my loud voice. Um, But it's November and um, we're feeling it. So I wanted to do a quick, at the start of the show, check in about fitness, how you're doing, because I find this transition time of year from being able to be outdoors for running and walking and, you know, various exercise outdoors to having to be indoors. Like um, over the weekend, I did my very first treadmill workout of the season and I did struggle. I struggled with the idea of running that way, as opposed to being outdoors, which I find so much more enjoyable. But I know it's important to get into these routines. And and I wondered if maybe some of you are going through similar things. When I shared about the treadmill workout on Instagram, I heard from a number of people in the South and in Texas that were like, this is the best time of year for running outdoors. So like, if you're living there, maybe your indoor workout season is during the summer when it's just too hot to do anything outdoors. And you're really enjoying this. Anyway, I just thought I'd do a little reminder, a little check-in. I know we like to check in on a regular basis, how you're doing with your health goals, whether it be, you know, a fitness program that you're doing, trying to incorporate some more exercise, eating well. This is just your little nudge to do a little check-in with yourself. I know we all kind of go through cycles, and um, seasons of the year are definitely opportunities, though, to kind of reassess, come up with a new plan, make sure that we're lining up what we're doing every day with what our goals actually are. So that's your little nudge, your little reminder, but I'd love it if you would check in with me. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I always love to hear from your perspectives, hear what's going on with you, what you're struggling with. And maybe this is a topic we could go more in depth in on a future episode. Um, If you have ideas for ways we might take on health and fitness, um, health goals, maybe something particular that you're struggling with, that would be a great idea. I think we have, it's been a little while since we touched on that topic. And speaking of you making uh, topic suggestions, if you are not yet a member of our Facebook group, please go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriend's Podcast. There's also a link in the show notes for every episode of the Girlfriend's Podcast in case you don't remember that link. But we'd love to have you join us. I love the Facebook group because it's a nice way for us to connect kind of offline, outside of the podcast. And you, it's an opportunity for you guys to get to know each other. So it's a closed group only for people who listen to the podcast and you have to send a request to join. So far, I've just been approving everybody who requests, but um, if we get any accidental spammers or troublemakers in there. I guess I'll deal with that when that happens. But so far, so good. Um, We're just having a good time connecting in there. And people, I'm gratified to see that some members are feeling free to kind of ask each other questions about the faith or share what's going on in their lives or request prayer support. So that's really what this little group is all about. And it's really what the Girlfriends podcast community is all about. So thrilled to see that people are connecting in that way and making use of the group. So head on over there if you're not already a member. We'd love to have you join us. Well, this week we are taking on the topic of Catholic style. I have like a love-hate relationship <laughs> with fashion. and I mean, I love clothes and I love hair and I love makeup and um, I probably tend more in that direction than the average woman, um, but still it's something that we all struggle with. And I think it's important to talk about, even if you never think about fashion or style in any way, this episode is still for you because what we're going to be talking about here is every woman's approach to how she dresses, how she presents herself to the world. But even before we get to that, we're going to be talking about decluttering. So my guest that I have this week is Megan Ashley from MeganAshleyStyling.com. She is a young Catholic woman, uh, fairly newly married, and um, she has a lot to share from her Catholic perspective. I love it. And also her love of fashion. But she gets us started with a closet challenge. And um, I took up the challenge and we get to talk about that in our conversation here. So I can't wait to share Megan Ashley with you. So take a listen. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have a special conversation here at Girlfriends. I'm welcoming a special guest. Megan Ashley is joining me from MeganAshleyStyling.com. Megan Ashley graduated from Franciscan University of Steubenville with a degree in theology. So naturally, she then decided to look into a career in fashion. For the last five years, she's worked in Los Angeles and San Francisco as a fashion stylist. You can find out more about her and her work and get lots of free tips and help and inspiration at MeganAshleyStyling.com Welcome Megan, I'm thrilled
1: that you're here Yeah, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah. So we connected. You were a guest on The Gist through um, Catholic TV, which we had a fun conversation there. But then um, I've been following you on Instagram ever since. And it's so fun to watch the different ideas that you share for fashion tips and your recent closet challenge we're going to get to in just a minute. But before we do, I just want to give you an opportunity to share exactly why you got started in the fashion business. Like we said, you've got this degree in theology.
1: Mm -hmm. Why, why does fashion matter to Catholics? Yeah, good question. Um, if you asked me if I did this, you know, when I was back in high school, I'd be like, what? Like, you have to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my theology degree, it was kind of just out of a curiosity of the faith. Um, my sister, she had a big conversion and became a, a religious sister. And so I was kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what is the Catholic faith? Like, I know my sister isn't crazy, so if she's being a nun, like you know,
2: I yeah, need to
1: what is this that? Out. Yeah, and so kind of through that, I I got into theology, but I always loved fashion in um, high school, um, and actually when I was in um, college, I was kind of like conflicted with this extreme idea of Catholicism um, and how you should dress and how you should act, and you know it was kind of like a, almost a Jansenist mentality, like mm-hmm. you know just kind of stripping every every sense of I don't know, just kind of like our physical reality and um but anyways I came to a more like level-headed like accepting like beauty and you know that we are human um and that kind of got me a push back into fashion Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was actually in our chastity group that we had a woman um who was Catholic and a fashion stylist come and speak. I actually never went to the talk, uh, but I was super <laughs> intrigued by her and started emailing. And, um, it just kind of was a, a switch. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is, it just was one of those peaceful moments. And everyone around you is like, yeah, that's you. Not, you're not a theology teacher, Megan, <laughs> You are <laughs> like just be yourself and God, like God can use whatever our simple talents are, um, and it just, it's more natural. I think I was overthinking the faith before, whereas like, you know, I kind of learned like just, you know, you pray constantly throughout your day and you accept everything God made you to be and And it's more of a natural flow. And so that's kind of how yeah. I got into fashion.
0: I love that. And, you know, I think that that's really I think a lot of people can relate to that kind of journey that you took through taking your faith more seriously. And all of a sudden, you know, that means you got to wear the sackcloth and ashes all the time or something, you know. And I remember Uh having girlfriends in college who kind of did a similar thing, like they wouldn't wear makeup. And and it's really a time in your life where you're kind of exploring what it means to be female and, um, you know, the great gift that it can be and the temptations on both extremes. So I love that you share that in such a real way.
1: Yeah, yeah. The temptation to be extreme. I think it also gives you, um, like, a sense of security. Like, okay, I'm okay. Like, I'm pushing as far as I can go. But really, like, it's not so black and white. We have to really use our, you know, our whole mind and heart to really love God the way, he, you know, we're supposed to love Him. And
0: Right. Yeah. And it's not an accident, the stuff that you love the stuff that you're good at, like God made you that way. So I love that you're setting that great example of embracing who you truly are. Now, we all come to this topic of fashion and style from different places, of course, but we all I think can relate to this closet challenge in different ways. (laughs) So maybe you can just describe a little bit, Megan, what, what, what is your challenge to, to women with regard to their closets?
1: Totally. So I just know um, from styling so many women um, throughout the years, like women's closet can be a huge stress on her. Um, And I think a lot of people don't Kind of acknowledge it because they're like, oh, it's just clothes. Like, okay, it's just my wardrobe. I still got to get something on. But every morning, like, our decision is, what are we going to wear? Right. And we're starting off getting super stressed, like, oh, I have these jeans, but they're tight around the waist, or this top makes me feel like a little bit uncomfortable. And we're going throughout our whole day, like, kind of in a bad mood, especially as women. We're so sensitive mm-hmm. to, like, you know, our, how we feel and what we're projecting. And so, um, kind of just very practical. If we can cut out, like, every negative item of clothing in our closet, like we're just going to feel really great the rest of the day. Yeah, uh, And I know like, you know, we can't put so much emphasis on it. But I mean, let's take every every little win we can for our day to make it better. I love uh, that. To make us more productive, efficient and just like a disposition to be charitable. So um, this closet challenge kind of evolved um really a year ago um, when I was moving to France and I had probably like two large suitcases, two, two and a half suitcases. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a fashion girl, I love clothes. So (laughs) obviously I had a big closet. Um, But when I moved over there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can really only bring the necessities. Um, And so I kind of just had to figure out like the best way where I could get the most out of every item of clothing, never feel uncomfortable with anything I brought. Um, and it really just made me like hone in on what makes up the perfect wardrobe. So Mm -hmm. it was great that I would never have thought like, you know, packing for moving to another country would bring this about, but, um, it, I learned a lot and doing it, so it was really great.
0: Wow, I love that because I, I for sure have been that girl at the airport, like. <laughs> and now they charge <laughs> you like a hundred dollars if your
1: no! suitcase
0: is overweight. So, um, nice idea to streamline. So, I took on this challenge in preparation for our conversation here over the past weekend. And now I've got—I don't have just one closet. I have two closets. <laughs> so I have like, the the closet I share with my husband in our room is—it's pretty small. It's not a walk-in or anything. And he has. Well, he probably has like a third of it, to be honest, you know, (laughs) and then, then we have a spare bedroom. And I, a few years back, took over that because I just felt like I was spilling out of the closet. So I had two different closets that I was going through over the weekend when I was taking on your challenge. And... It was, I mean, I knew I needed to do this. It had been a long time since I did this. And the last time I did it, I know I did it during Lent of last year, but I didn't go to like the far corners of the closet. Like I knew there was stuff back there (laughs) that I hadn't even, you know, I had done kind of like a surface level cleansing of the closet. So I ended up pulling out four giant bags (gasps) to give away and I will not miss them. Uh, You know, the giant black bags. And Ah! It's so exhilarating. It was so awesome to be like, not this, don't need this. And to just be like, have that spirit of, I have way more than enough. I'm going to err on the side of getting rid of some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, and I think probably you can relate to this, and most women can. Like, you have that kind of nagging feeling, like, oh, I just, you know, that one thing I might wear at this one time or whatever, you know, (laughs) give it away. You'll wear something else. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So I wanted to share with you though. So, cause I think that some, um, of the items that I got rid of that I was particularly rolling my eyes about, maybe, um, will inspire some of our listeners and maybe you could talk about these habits Mm -hmm. that we have of clothing that we collect, um, that, you know, of stuff that might be in their closets that maybe they could part with. So, um, I want to share some of them with you. Do you want to do that? Totally. Okay, so the first one that really struck me, and I love this item of clothing, is a Tahari suit that I bought probably 15 years ago, okay? And it's super flattering on me, and I love it, but I don't wear suits. Like, why, why do I have this in my closet? (laughs) I mean, I know I bought it for a particular occasion that was kind of a businessy thing, and I've worn it to speak a couple of times, but never in my life have I felt like this is me when I put that on. It fits Mm -hmm. me great, and I got it at a good price, uh, you know, on sale at one point at Macy's. And, but, so I was laughing at myself, like, someone else can wear this suit, give it away.
1: Yep yep that's funny because like and that's the thing I found with a lot of the closet cleanses was that you know like it can be great quality you like it can be an investment piece but like just that thing like is this who I am like does this make me feel like yes this is Danielle like that's a big question mm-hmm. uh, that's like one of the main I think ingredients to having a closet you love um, but I mean and it's hard like it's Tahari you know you I know. got a great deal you wore it at an event like And even just the idea of a suit is like, you know, it has like important things that represent like coming with a suit. So that can be a difficult um, piece to give away. But just being like totally honest and kind of like being a risky gut feeling like, no, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to wear it again. (laughs) Right. So oh, just do it like like you said, err on the side of giving away too much.
0: Absolutely. So that's what I was doing. Okay. So the next item um, was, it's a sleeveless dress. It's from Talbot's that I bought and I have never once worn it. It, it, <gasps> it still has the tags on it um, because, and it fits me great, but I have never worn it because it's sleeveless and it's mm. wool, like a thick mm-hmm. wool. And I just yep. have never really wrapped my brain around when and how would I wear this? Like what time of year? And it's just too much for me, for me and I love it and everything, but still I was like, I'm never going to wear this. It's, I need to admit it. You know,
1: yeah. that's funny because when I was packing, that was a big thing that came up. Cause I had some pieces. I was like, Oh no, I need to wear this type of tank top under this top, or I can only wear these jeans with this kind of top to cover my hip or, mm-hmm. you know? And that, so that's funny. Like, find things where you have to have these like uh, requirements right I tend, I mean every now and again you, if you're absolutely crazy about it sure but I mean to have those they can really snag you up um, especially mm-hmm. like like that dress now isn't can never be a travel piece because you're gonna have to bring other items with it um, Right, take up more so, yeah, that's great that you could just acknowledge it, even with the tax. That, that <laughs> takes a lot of
0: time. But, you know, that I'm feeling so dumb. Like, what was I even thinking? But, you <laughs> know, I, I had ordered it online, so I was I didn't know just how thick the wool was when I got it. I'm like, this is like a winter dress, I guess. And oh. I don't know. It just overwhelmed me, and it was time to admit that I was never going to do awesome. anything with that thing. So,
1: And now someone's going to be so excited to find a Talbot exactly. dress with tax on it.
0: I know it. So there's my gift to the
1: world. Okay, next one, less of a gift
0: to the world. But this was so funny. I found it so amusing. I had this dress sitting in my closet that I think I wore one time. And I didn't I do not like the way it looks on me. It's not a flattering style for me. But guess what? It's a size Two. It's like vanity (gasps) sizing, okay? I mean I don't wear a size two, okay? But I was holding on to this because hey, I have a size two dress that fits me. Yep. yep. What on earth? What what kind of psychological game am I playing with myself here?
1: Yep, I totally know what you're talking about. (laughs) I would totally do that. I would I used to have jeans that were way too small and I, like, hold on to it just because, like, oh, it has this number. Um, And those things, like, when you enter your closet in the morning, having those, like, vanity sizing, like, Uh you know, like, that's just gonna wonk you up and things that look great, fit great, but maybe have a bigger number. I mean, you're not gonna gravitate to. So it's really just freeing yourself of even really looking at the size tag. Um, And especially a good note now is that, Vanity sizing is so, I mean, every brand fits so differently. Yeah, talk Uh, about that because it's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I do online shopping, um, for my clients. So I pretty much know how things fit if they're bigger or smaller, just from, you know, feedback from women. Um, but I would say if you do online shop, you have to read the reviews. If something doesn't have a review or you're not sure about the brand, um, I would lean away from it. But the good thing now is that you can research any brand and get kind of the, the way they fit or what type of body type, but doing research for the brand and knowing, um, the brands that work well for you is huge. Cause I mean, fit is really everything. Um, especially about jeans. I mean, a jean can fit, but does it flatter? Right. Uh, I mean, I maybe find a good pair of jean. I rarely buy jeans just because I know they're such a sensitive piece. Like even though I can get them on and button them, it doesn't mean they're, they're great. Um, but yeah, for the sizing, you just, you have to, Not really care about the tag. Um, (laughs) And just really look how great you look on in them. And um, yeah, just don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I totally. It's hard.
1: It's so hard. It is so
0: hard. (laughs) But you know, that's a very freeing thing to be like, who cares what size it is? I look great in this and I feel great in this. And um, that's something that I discovered, especially through the years of having babies. And I think a lot of women experience this, that, you know, one, there was one time after one of my children that I was struggling to kind of lose the rest of that pregnancy weight. And I was feeling miserable about myself. But half my problem I realized when I finally went shopping was that I was trying to squeeze into clothes that weren't quite ready for my body. You know, my body wasn't quite ready for them yet. And so I was making myself miserable doing that. I went shopping, bought a few basic things that actually fit the size that I actually was. And I felt great. And I looked so much better.
1: Yeah, it's funny, because I have some pieces in my closet that are like, kind of wiggle if I have a few more pounds or less, you know, if I'm traveling, kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, your body changes throughout the year. And so, Um, but sometimes when I stop trying to fit into those tighter clothes, and I just dress for my size, I, I feel like I look smaller, because or not that we're trying to look more balanced, or, right. you know, kind of how I want to look, um, just because the way they're fitting. And so really, if you just disregard it, and just Try and just get a proper fit. Um, you're going to look great. And also it frees up your mind. You're not stressed. So you're going to make a great outfit. And I think a lot of, um, you know, fashion and, you know, building your fun looks is to have fun, like mm-hmm. f- having a fun time with it will make you have really great style. And I think when you're stressed um, about the size tag or quality or you know, just all those little stressors, you can't have fun and you can't love your, your clothes.
0: Right. No, I think that's such a great point. Okay, the last category of stuff that I got rid of that I want to mention here is stuff that people gave me. Okay. This is so huge. Like there's this lady down the street. I mean, I I love her, but she gives me stuff and she she actually buys some really nice clothing. And um, I think she just, you know, she does the closet cleanse probably pretty regularly. (laughs) And then I'm I'm the beneficiary. But you know, um, she's given me so much stuff, especially over the last year. And I just kind of had this habit of just, you know, kind of going through it, um, immediately deciding like I will never wear this, giving some of it to, you know, passing some of it on, and then just hanging the rest of my closet and I realized there was one jacket from all the stuff she's given me that I've ever worn. And I don't yeah. love it. Like, it's not me. Like, mm-hmm. and so she's given me this stuff and most of it generally is my size, but it's not my style. And I was holding on to it. Like it's free stuff like, you know, and it's, you know, decent quality clothing and whatnot, but I was never going to gravitate toward those items of clothing because I hadn't been the one who <laughs> shopped for them and they really weren't who I was.
1: Yeah. And that's a good, that's so hard to give away a free items mm-hmm. and also be gifts. Sometimes when I work with women who work clean out the closet, like I have to like almost give them permission. Like you can give this away <laughs> um, because they feel obligated to, because someone gave it to them, um, mm-hmm. like either sentimental or because it was free. Um, but also when you have those pieces that are kind of just like neutral items that people give you, they kind of block up, you discovering your style so mm-hmm. you seeing these jackets that are like very unclimactic um, for you um it's hard for you to know what you do like because you're always constantly just putting on a neutral piece where you're like right. ah, it works
0: wow yeah i think that's so true and um it was actually very freeing for me to be like it I didn't spend any money on these. There's no loss here to me at all to just move these along to somebody else. All they're doing is taking up mental space in my life and physical space in my closet.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, I'm so happy you you made that step and just... Got him out of there. Oh my gosh. I know. It was so
0: great. And so now I have all this space in my closet, and it's inspiring me because, you know, the next thing I, I do not want to do is go through my dresser drawers. <laughs> <Okay>. <gasps> <gasps> the closets are one thing, but stuff like, oh my gosh, like my workout clothes and stuff that Ooh, I keep in yeah. my dresser totally needs to be gone through. So we'll probably have to have you back for another
1: show when I do that. Oh my that. gosh, yes. And even workout stuff. I I mean, I grew up playing sports and a super like sports family. So I was always in workout stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't been until like the past couple of years where I really started to even apply this to workout stuff. And it mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Right. I wouldn't have thought, but even just like opening up those like drawers with a bunch of like shorts and tees in it and seeing like just like a few pieces that you really like it even puts me in a better mood to work out and more it motivated to
0: work out. Yeah. So I know crazy. from the times when I've had an organized system oh. for that. Like it feels great. Like get up in the morning and put this on and you feel great. And yeah. so I'm 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 gonna get motivated. I'm gonna do that next step. But this has been a great start. Okay, so some people I know Megan Ashley are listening and they are saying I don't even know where to start. Like I've never really noticed or cared about fashion. I buy whatever at target and don't really think about it. Um, it's not a huge focal point for me. Like what might you say to somebody who's just got that little inkling? Like maybe, maybe I could focus a little bit more on sure. my style.
1: Yeah. I would say first just start out like super simple basics, a cleanse and see if anything comes to mind. Um, if you discover anything um, and I, I, like 80% of the time you will. Um, and then if after that, the next real step I would say is to identify your top three pieces in your closet and your bottom three pieces in your closet. Mm-hmm. So your top three being like the ones that make you just like, Oh yes, I love this top. I can always put it on feel great. Look great. Um, and your bottom three being the ones that, you know, give you a little bit of anxiety. You're just like, Oh, these are awful. Why did I buy these? Right. And Try and like break apart the key components of them and like just imagine if your closet was full of those top three pieces Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that kind of sets you on a good direction um where to go and then you know after that you go to the next part which would be like kind of identifying you know either celebrities you like their style or you know friends you like their style and just kind of it'll take time. It takes a few, I mean, it could take months. Um, the people I work with, we take months to do this just because when you start that little switch, like you turn it on, okay, I'm going to start working on my fashion. Like you kind of evolve with it Mm -hmm. and you discover things about yourself, how you want to dress, how you want to appear to the world. Um, so it does take time, but I think, um, you know, going slowly with these beginning steps, like the cleanse and then kind of identifying your top three, bottom three, um, will just kind of, Bump you on that track. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of really goes from there um, with getting a little more detailed as to how you want to attack it.
0: Wow, that's great. That's a great place to start. And it's it's very doable, no matter where you are with regard. And if even if you never aspire to be like Giselle or whatever, like, you know, <laughs> if your only aspiration is like, I want to look my best and feel my best. I want to put my best foot forward. And I want to yeah. express who I am through what I'm what I'm wearing and be a good representative of, you know, my family or my work or whatever it is. I mean, I think those are all very positive motivations. So it doesn't have to be some vain kind of <laughs> passion, you know, Definitely.
1: And I think even when you start to focus on your closet for a few months and get it to where you want it to be, you worry way less. You spend way less time about it Mm -hmm. um, just because everything is flawless. Everything goes. Everything looks great. And so you don't never have to have those conversations anymore like, oh, what am I going to wear? Or Oh, I have Mm -hmm. a wedding like in two months. What am I going to wear? Like you're just you're set. And you can not even have to think
0: about it. Right. That's so freeing. Okay. So yeah. speaking of freeing, when I looked at the picture that you shared on social media of your closet, it looked very basic. I mean, very contained yeah. and yeah. streamlined. So maybe you can share a little bit about how you did that and like what do you consider wardrobe basics?
1: Right. So I um with this, the picture that you see here that's pretty much my closet in France I did have some drawers with like my pants and um things like that Mm -hmm. but so I I kind of see style everyone's style I think is 80% one thing and 20% another thing Mm -hmm. I think it just keeps it very easy to manage um very cohesive very versatile so for my style I'm probably 80% classic timeless I'm also 20% more frivolous, fun, quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, so 80% of my wardrobe is just made up of basics, like a white button down, you know, jeans, a classic little black dress. Um, just very simple, like a camel sheath dress, um, camel blazer, just very mm-hmm. simple. Um, just timeless pieces that I know I can invest quality in. Right. Um, and I won't have to keep replacing then that other 20% is more where my personality comes out so I love fur and ostrich feathers um, things that are like have jewels on it just a little fun. more fun to bring the personality to those classic pieces but I think for that poor 80% you really just want timeless chic um, that way you get the quality and you don't have to keep refreshing it um, but you still have your personality with that 20% so it's not right. like you you whitewash whitewashed going to look like everybody else. Um, and on my blog, I do have a little, uh, kind of an ebook of a closet essential download. So it would be that 80% of what I think, um, is essential. And Mm -hmm. then that 20% you bring on your own. Um, so you kind of identify if you like ruffles, if you like, um, button details, if you like collars and kind of figure out, and then, Pick those little details that make up that twenty percent and bring it into that eighty, so that you have a really um, personal look that's chic and timeless.
0: I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's so important, and and that makes it doable, but also it's expressive of who you are. And now, when I was going through your your blog earlier today, I noticed you had a post about long blazers. Okay, and this is like such a great uh-huh. example of something like something that you might experiment with, with your yep. style that maybe you wouldn't normally pull off the rack that you wouldn't normally try. And, um, that really stood out to me because I, I haven't been wearing long blazers, but this season I've been wearing long cardigans, like light cardigans. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love these. Like, <laughs> because I feel like they accomplish the same thing. Maybe you could talk a little yeah. bit about like what you were talking about with that long blazer, which is not an item that everybody just has in their closet.
1: Totally. So the long blazer. I mean, I've been seeing them, and initially, I couldn't say that I loved it when I first saw it. Um, but it wasn't until I put it, actually, put it on, I was like, "All right, I, I." Oh, sorry, I'm gonna backcheck. Okay. So I've had two different blazers um, that have kind of been my, um, like, you know, when you're in a bind and you're like, okay. I just need to put something on and look good. It had always been these um, longer blazers Mm -hmm. that were kind of, one was white, one's a blush pink. Um, But it was something that, you know, on the rack, it doesn't look very appealing. You're like, "Uh, that's going to hide my waistline. It's going to, it's a little more masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I found that when I could put these over a dress with jeans, it's just like that thing you can just throw on and like you're polished, you're modest, you're fashionable, you're timeless. Um, and so just kind of having those like winners in your closet, something you can grab and, and feel great. They're kind of like a chameleon. They just blend into everything. Um, but you still look really great. Um, so that's what I, but I've been really loving um, just because I can wear it with so much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you can pair it with like, you know, a fit and flurry dress and also with jeans and flats, it's just really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think putting it on, that's one thing I really have to tell my clients. It's like, just try it. Like, because we have these like kind of, ideas in our head of, you know, what we look like in things and what we can win, you know, can in quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. but when you put it on, like you're, it's something new. And so you have to just kind of experience that and, and just try it. I mean, I got a, another one, um, that's a little different in cut, but still a long blazer. I was like, wow, I really, I really like this a lot more than I thought I would have. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I find that something simple like that, that maybe you wouldn't have naturally tried on or incorporated in your wardrobe, then can make the whole rest of your wardrobe versatile, more versatile. Like you were saying, like, that's what I've been finding with these long cardigans is Oh, I can wear that slightly more fitted dress that maybe I'd feel overexposed in otherwise. Or I can exactly. wear it with like a, a t-shirt and, and leggings and heeled boots that it, you know, it, it kind of gives me a little bit more modesty in something that's yeah. a little more fitted, but also adds, you know, a little bit of style and femininity to what I'm wearing. So I, I love that idea that you can find some basic things and experiment with it, even outside of what you normally do and find something that really works for you
1: yeah I love how you say you put it with leggings. You could wear it over a tighter dress because also like if you think if you bring in one great piece um that matches so much, you've exponentially grown your wardrobe like if you can make ten more outfits from this one cardigan or blazer, like that is amazing. yeah like, you just have ten more outfits and you bought one piece.
0: <laughs> it's a huge investment. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, that's the kind of inspiration you can get at MeganAshleyStyling.com. Megan has lots of tips there, but also she's available for one-on-one help if you're looking for that, if you don't know where to start, if you're feeling overwhelmed just even thinking about going shopping, she's there to hold your hand and inspire you and walk you through that closet clean out. Megan, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here on Girlfriends. I feel like I could talk to you for six more hours about fashion and (laughs) we'll just make the time for you to come back. (laughs) Maybe after I've gone through my dressers. (laughs) Yes, definitely.
2: (laughs) This was great. Thank you so much. It was such a great time.
0: Thank you, Mary, Ashley. And we'll be back right after this quick break.
2: Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do, but, let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, the Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library, with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people, thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, in clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on AscensionPress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. And now we're at the part of the show where I've
0: been sharing uh, pretty regularly over the past few weeks. Some Part of my new book, You Are Enough What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth, which is available from Ascension. I am thrilled to have this book out, and I'm thrilled that some of you have been reading it and sharing some of your feedback with me. But as a way of kind of sharing some more of the content of the book, those of you who maybe are interested in learning more about it, this is a little segment of the podcast where I I share about some of the different women characters that I look at in the book, You Are Enough. So the structure of the book is that I look at women in the Old Testament, big characters, little characters, small characters, dramatic stories, small stories, little details, Things that um, I think that God really wants us as women to notice and to focus on. So I went through and I certainly didn't cover every woman in the Old Testament um, because that would just be too much. Um, but I did go through and um, pick out certain ones that stood out to me, certain stories that I kind of read with new eyes. And um, I'm going to share some of them we've shared in the past here on the podcast about Judith, about Eve, about Bathsheba. Um, and this week I want to talk about Miriam and Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam and the Princess. So, These are some characters that maybe you might not have noticed before. We're all familiar, for sure, with the story of Moses in the Bible. I remember even as a kid playing baby Moses with my brothers. I had these three youngest brothers who were my kind of props in my Bible story plays. And I would put them like with a bunch of blankets into a laundry basket. And um, I would be the Pharaoh's daughter coming to the river and finding this hidden baby. So it's a very familiar story. And, and and we love it, right? It's, it's such a beautiful, dramatic kind of story, right? So, but how often have we thought about those two pivotal players of Miriam, who is Moses's sister, and the Pharaoh's daughter, who acted out of love and concern for this tiny baby and acted against an unjust law. So that's just what it was, right? So in the time in which Moses was born, it was a dangerous time to be a Hebrew male infant. And that's because the Egyptian king, who he feared the strength of God's people, he commanded that every male Hebrew baby should be killed. I mean, can you even imagine? I know we live in a time where abortion is commonplace and there is this kind of disrespect for the basic sanctity of human life. But I mean, this is infanticide being commanded by this leader. And um, so imagine the kind of fear that Moses' mother must have had when she had this baby boy. So she already had Miriam, who's his older sister, and then she has this baby boy, and she managed to hide him, the Bible tells us, for the first three months of his life. But as he grew older, she worried he would be discovered and that he would be killed. So in Exodus, we read, I'm going to just share this quote here, and when she could hide him no longer, She took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch, and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds at the river's brink. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Can you even imagine the fear in Moses' mother's heart as she left her tiny baby there with his older sister, Miriam, who was about six years old at the time, to watch over and find out what might happen to him? So imagine the bravery of Miriam standing there and that what she must have feared that she might see happen, because if he was discovered by the wrong person, he would be killed. And that was a dangerous world. And yet there was six-year-old Miriam concerned for her brother's welfare and watching over. Um, It might have been that her mother gave her that job of watching over baby Moses. We don't know. Uh, But perhaps she felt called to take on that responsibility herself. Either way, What happens next, I think, is a really important story of feminine cooperation that we see inside of the Old Testament. So what happens next is that the Pharaoh's daughter, we don't know her name, uh, she's a princess, right? She's the Pharaoh's daughter, so she's this powerful person, and for sure she knows about the law that her father has made, that every Hebrew male infant must be killed. And she comes to the river to bathe, and she notices Moses's basket, and she sends her maid to pick it up. Then she hears the baby cry, and she opens the basket, and she finds Moses inside. Can you even imagine? What a time. What a thing. What a story. And immediately she knows why this is going on, that somebody is, um, you know, scared for this child's life. And that it's been, this child has been abandoned by his mother in the hopes of saving his life. What an ironic thing. And that's what these unjust laws do, right? I mean, my mind immediately when I was reading the story went to the unjust laws um, of fertility in China, where, you know, people aren't permitted to have more than one child. I think they recently changed it, right? It might be two you're allowed to have now or something crazy. And that as a result of that, baby girls, for the most part, were being abandoned in the streets still are um, because if they have they have only one child they you know their their cultural values tell them that it needs to be a male child and what a mess. what a mess this is. What a mess the Pharaoh has caused with this unjust sinful law. So um, so then what what happens next though takes courage, real courage on the part of Miriam because then she steps out from the bushes and dares to approach the princess who has her baby brother and asks if maybe, she might be of help in finding a nursemaid for the baby. What a daring thing, but what a clever thing, because when the Pharaoh's daughter agrees, then Miriam runs to get her own mother so that Moses can be cared for. And under the protection of the Pharaoh's daughter, Moses can be cared for by his own mother. What a beautiful outcome to this story. And of course we know that Moses goes on to become this great leader of his people, But I think this story really highlights the courage that women can have together and the power that women can have when we cooperate together against the face of injustice, whatever it might be. It might be something in your community that's unfair to families. It might be just in standing up for your own family values. In our culture, for sure, standing up for the value of life is something that we women can do in a powerful way when we come together to do it. And I I love that this little story with between, you know, interaction between Miriam and uh, the Pharaoh's daughter, it, it ends up being a really powerful thing. And what an amazing thing they accomplish together. And what I find in this story is a reminder from God of the powerful force for the good we can be when we bond with, when we connect with, when we relate with our sisters in Christ, that we are so powerful. We can do such amazing things. And that our sisters in Christ are gifts from God. He means for us to build community and to connect with other women. You know, following that beautiful, powerful example of Mary in the Visitation, that's one of my most favorite mysteries of the rosary to meditate on. Because Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth and they both connect through their motherhood, through their feminine gifts. And what a beautiful moment that is. But then what a beautiful moment here where Miriam and the Pharaoh's daughter connect with one another in the face of injustice and accomplish a great thing. So that's just one of the many stories, a few of the many characters that I take up inside of the book, You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. If you're interested in purchasing a copy, there is a link in the show notes. There's also links all over my social media. You really can't miss it. Um, so be sure to check that out. And if you have any questions about the content or um, I've been getting some questions on social media about who it's appropriate for, um, is it appropriate for women who aren't mothers, Yes, it is. This This book is written for every woman, every woman's experience. And um, is it appropriate for young girls, like high school girls, college-age girls? Absolutely, yes. Please give them the gift of this message of God's unique love for them, their unique mission and calling, but they're also their unique identity as beloved daughters of God. So the book is You Are Enough, available on Amazon and at ascensionpress.com. Links available in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support of the book. And I do have some feedback, but I'm going to hold on to it and share it next week because I'm running out of time here. But I want to thank you for taking the time to connect with me here on this podcast. And if you have feedback, if you have something you want to share, perhaps about the book You Are Enough, something you've read in there, something you have a question about, or about this week's topic of decluttering and finding your style with Megan Ashley, if that has brought up a question or a struggle or an idea on your part, I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to know your stories. I would love to connect with you about these topics that matter to us all. So you can c- connect with me by email, danielle at Danielbean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com for every episode of the Girlfriends podcast. Or you can record your voice on Your phone, you can just record a voice memo and then email it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. That's a great way that I love to be able to add your voice to the community here. We really are a community and the more we can connect in authentic ways and the more I can add your voice to what we do here, I I think the the stronger we all are in the end and and the greater community we're able to build and the more meaningful connection we're able to make with one another. So thank you for all the ways you do that. Thank you for giving the podcast, a shout out on social media. Thank you for your iTunes reviews. All those things really do matter. And I do notice them and they're so encouraging to me. So thank you so much for all the ways you support the podcast. But most importantly, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for connecting. I'm always happy to have the opportunity to connect with you here at Girlfriends. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleDean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.